Let's get to it. This is Sebi Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome here to the Sebi Podcast Show, streaming only here on WNSC Radio. Myself and, of course, the product of Virginia, Michael Gray, here on the hotline of Familiar Cassie on the Sebi Podcast Radio Show. That was Tokyo Jets, no problem there on the beat. And uh, Mike, what's going on out there? Going good, man. I'm just just getting over the, getting over this cold, but I'm doing pretty good, man. How about you? How's everything on Earth at? It is. We're doing well here in the Central Florida area. Pretty chilly here around here as well. Low 70s here in Orlando. And boy, my man, the talk of the weekend. I mean, were we pleased with a lot of NCAA March Madness talks? We're talking about conference tournament championships and, of course, the big one, the tournament selection Sunday. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. I mean, let's just start right into it. I mean... March Madness, you got the four number one seeds, Duke coming out as the number one overall seed. According to the committee, they had they played the most top 10 teams and had the most top 10 wins, followed by Virginia and UNC. That's three ACC teams getting number one seeds, followed by Gonzaga. There's a little controversy whether Michigan State should have gotten that because they beat Michigan three times. But mm-hmm. Gonzaga became the fourth number one seed out there in the West region. And then, of course, the twos, threes, and fours, and then the rest of the teams in March Madness. What was your take on that? Uh, that, that the fact that three ACC teams are in the number one seed just lets you know how dominant that conference is and how much high-level competition is, is out there in the ACC. You know, when you look at North Carolina with all their talent and their exceptional coaching, and Duke, of course, with Coach K and the, the brilliant players he continues to bring in every season. And also, and also, um, you know, you you just, you just you just look at those teams and you just say, "Wow, like the ACC is is heavy, is high in competition." I would have liked to see, I would have liked to see Michigan State as a number one. I was actually one of those people that wanted to see Michigan State as a number one. I feel like their body of work over the course of the season has been amazing, especially losing one of the top players early in the season and the the jump that Cassius Winston has made along the and and along with the tough grittiness that they play with and Tom Izzo. We all know how, how he how he does in the tournament. So, we I would have loved to see um, Michigan State number one, but I don't mind North Carolina because of their body of work and their resume throughout the entire season has been uh, pretty dominant as well. Absolutely, and and you know I've been on the Cassius Winston bandwagon for quite some weeks now. As of late, this man is big time. I mean, as the stage get bigger, as the minutes get closer, and as the audience get wider, Cassius Winston and on the hard floor just puts up big numbers and big-time games. The stuff that he did in the absence of Nick Ward, now Nick Ward coming back in the tournament, boy, look, uh, there's two teams to me that are rounding in the form in March, and that's UNC and Michigan State. Now they got Nick Ward back to go alongside Livers and Goins. Look out for the Spartans. Uh, but, it, yeah, it, it you know, there was a lot of teams that I thought that really were high-seeded or misseeded. Kansas, for for instance, Kansas. This okay. is not the same Kansas team that you guys all know. This is the first time in the Bill Self era that uh, the Kansas team did not win the regular season nor the conference 
tournament in the Big 12. Um, obviously, Texas Tech won a share of the Big 10 regular season along with Kansas State. And so Kansas got a four seed. Uh, I'm not sure if it's the brand of basketball. We all know that KU basketball is something special. Paul Pierce to Mario Chalmers to the Morris brothers to Joel Embiid. Uh, I'm not sure if, if it's just the KU brand, uh, but Kansas is now Andrew Wiggins is to, to, to a certain extent that Kansas is not a four to me. And then you look at a Nevada. Now we understand Nevada. Nevada doesn't play everybody. You know, they right. were a preseason pick number six overall this year. They've got Caleb Martin, Cody Martin, the, 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 the twins. They've got Jordan Caroline, a very underrated you know, a uh, point guard as well. But, you know, the thing with Nevada, they don't really play anybody. I know they got them, some bad losses, but the thing with them is every time I look up in the poll, they were fluctuating in that top 10, top 15, inside that top seven around there. How they're seven seed. That, that's a little bit puzzling to me. So uh, there's always a, a issue with the committee. Are we trying to pick the best teams that are that have been performing? Now they've got all these analytics stuff, the BPI, the top 25 uh, who strength of schedule. There's always a new thing coming up every single year with the, with the committee. Consistency. Is that a thing that the committee should look for moving on forward in these next uh, NCAA tournaments moving on forward? Without question, consistency and also finding an, finding an identity and an agenda for what we're actually looking for and how we rank these teams. If we can have a, 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 a legitimate agenda that that everybody can follow and a, a legitimate criteria and that that can stay consistent throughout the years because we keep hearing we keep hearing different different criteria is oh is it uh, uh great great wins or we are we counting the bad losses bpi like you said like we we need one consistent criteria to determine with the seedings and ncaa march madness and if we can continue to do that consistently throughout the years we'll be fine but when you talk to when you listen to the committee and you talk to some of these analysts, they don't under they're like they're they're all saying different things. Nobody's on the same. Some of them aren't on the same page as far as what what's the criteria for getting for this seating or that seating and stuff. So, it, it definitely stay consistent and find one one legitimate criteria and then, and then stick with it throughout the rest of the time. It's been noted that there has already been 1.3 million brackets already made. I haven't yep. done mine yet. Uh, I don't want to spill the beans for everybody. The Sevy podcast, or I guess our cruise uh, bracket will be coming up soon and shortly here. A lot of brackets here. And I'm not sure if you've done yours, Mike, but no, not there, yet. Uh, we, we probably haven't done it yet. But looking at the brackets here, any sleepers, any dark horses, any team that's rounding in the form March that, you know, they, they may not be chalk. They may not be the top four teams that we're talking about, but a dangerous team, a low-seeded or a mid-seeded team, one of those mid-major teams. You've got your eye on four, and that probably got a good draw in the regions. Definitely. You, Sebi, I got a couple for you right here. One of them I have to go with St. Mary's. We saw with St. Mary's WCC championship and defeating Gonzaga. I didn't really call it an upset be, because they were a two-seed, but they were very competitive throughout the entire season. Uh, I like St. Mary's. I like I like their point guard Jordan Ford and how he can uh can, can can run the point guard for them and run run their offense. Jordan Hunter in the post is a great run protector and he's great at getting offensive putbacks. And they have two knockdown shooters, Sevy, on St. Mary's and Tanner Krebs and Malik Fitz. These two brothers, these two guys right here can shoot the basketball from from range, from, from three point range, from mid range, wherever you need. These guys can get it done. And I like how they play defense as well. St. Mary's is a very underrated team. Another team I have is, is Seton Hall. 
Miles Powell is the real deal. Oh, he's he, big time. This guy, big time. He, he's a big time baller. He's a bucket. They had a tough game against Villanova, um, uh, in in the Big East in the Big East championship game. They hung tough with it with the defending champs, but it, it, it just it just wasn't enough in the end. But they definitely they definitely gave them run for their money. And um, of course, I got to go with VCU. You know, they, I feel like if the Marcus Evans injury was devastating to them last Friday, uh, in in the A10 tournament. And Rhode Island, Rhode Island ended up defeating them in the first round. But I feel like when Marcus Marcus Evans is coming back against UCF, if they can get past your, if they can get past Central Florida, then I feel like this this team can can definitely give give Duke or whoever they face a run for their money. <laughs> it's quite uh, ironic that both of our schools or, or the schools that you know that we cover right. yourself uh, uh, end up in the same bracket in the first week of. Uh, NCAA March Madness definitely gonna have some bragging rights to talk about there. A team that I've got my eye on is the six-seeded Buffalo uh, Bulls. Gotcha. Uh, Buffalo's no joke. Um, I in tournament time, especially if you're a mid-major team, the tournament is all about guard play, and you need guard play uh, uh, to to win games, to get buckets, to play deep perimeter defense. <clears throat> they've got a left-hander in Jeremy uh, Harris. And they've got C.J. Marysburg. I mean, Buffalo is no joke. We seen that last year. They beat DeAndre sure in Arizona last year. Yep. So Buffalo is no joke. They come from that MAC conference. They can shoot the lights out. They defend for for a school that's not that's undersized and that really doesn't have a lot of length and a lot of frame to utilize defensively. Boy, I mean, they play for one another. They can switch and legit guard one through five. Uh, Buffalo. Not only they are a little dangerous team, I think that they're a dangerous team in the West because I love the draw that they've gotten. Obviously, in the first round, I believe uh, they'd have to go through Texas Tech and, and some in Michigan, per se, and some schools like that. But the draw that they got in the lower part of that West region, uh, I'm, I'm liking for them as well. In fact, Jay Billis, one of our co- and a huge correspondent here at ESPN, had something to say about the Bulls as one of his most dangerous teams going into the tournament. Let's take a listen. Buffalo as a six and Nevada as and we talked a little bit about Buffalo uh, they're legit obviously beat Arizona last year and they're better this year than they were last year I think one of the players we didn't mention was Jeremy Harris who yes. could left-hander who can really play he's not, he makes shots he's not a great shooter but but he gets hot and and is really streaky and Nevada's got Jordan Caroline who's a a, a stud like he plays inside and out uh, they've got Caleb and Cody Martin and also a kid named Jazz Johnson who can really shoot it. And Trey Porter's a big guy who can block shots, protect the rim. Uh, I, and they had, they had not played well, or as well, I would say, toward the end of the season. So they're going to go in to the tournament, I think, with an edge to them that maybe they wouldn't have had if they'd won their tournament. Because remember, they didn't win their tournament last year either. It did, did really, really well. That was Jay Billis there, um, one of the marquee college basketball correspondents there for ESPN there. Um, and, and your thought and your thoughts about that. Well, when Jay Billis talk, you listen. You have to. Yeah, listen absolutely, know, no doubt. He, he knows his college basketball better than almost anybody in the industry. So when he talks, I listen. And, I, and he's right about the, about that. Buffalo is a gritty team. They're, they're they're a hungry team. They're a motivated team. They're a scrappy team. And like you said, last year they didn't win the 
conference championship and they were motivated coming in. They didn't win it again this year. We'll see how motivated they are this year coming in. And uh, and you're right, they they are they're better this year than they were last year, which is which which is we we never we didn't even think that that could happen with how good they played in the tournament. So he's definitely right about Buffalo. They're definitely a team to watch out for who, who could possibly go farther than they did last year. A lot of a, a lot of upperclassmen, a lot of juniors and seniors there, led right. by the twins in Cody and of course Caleb Martin there, one of the players of the year in that conference. There, talking about upperclassmen, uh, uh, of course. Um, you're familiar with that. The talk and the buzz about your state in Virginia has been the Cavaliers definitely underperforming a lot in these tournaments. Um, how crucial is this for Tony Bennett's team? Kyle Guy, uh, they've got a lottery pick in Hunter. Uh, how crucial is this for, uh, you know, Virginia to at least that minimum get to an Elite Eight and maybe their first, uh, their program's first Final Four? This is very crucial for them, especially coming off their first round exit last year in the tournament. Now we all knew was hurt, and he wasn't able to he wasn't able to play in that game. We we expected him to lose, we did not expect him to lose the first game. So being as though they lost the first game, they they're extremely motivated coming in, and I feel like that's one of the things that motivated them all season long. And <clears throat> excuse me, and that's what that's what got them to this point that they're at right now. And they, they have garden, they have a tough Gardner Webb team coming in. I feel like this team. They had it's a psychological thing with this team. I feel like if they get that first win out the out the way against Gardner Webb, then psychologically they'll be fine and they feel like they could just go ahead and go play basketball. Once they get that first win out the way, everything everything the, the the jitters will get out and they can calm themselves down and we can get back to normal to normal UVA basketball. But you're right, man. This this game is crucial for them because uh, because of the loss last season and they know they had their lottery pick Hunter. Wasn't wasn't there, and I know he has something to prove this um, this go around as well. Definitely awesome there, and then of course you talk about other teams and upperclassmen. One of my favorite teams to watch: a lot of upperclassmen, juniors and seniors. Uh, SEC Player of the Year, Grant Williams. Boy, mm-hmm. I mean, you want to talk about uh, Zion Williamson, Player of the Year, and even about Cassius Winston? <laughs> I don't give a lot of credit to Grant Williams what he's doing out there for the Vols in Tennessee. Rick Barnes' squad, he'll tell you, his most important player you know, is Grant Williams. And they're led by a fantastic cast of upperclassmen. Lamonte Turner, you've got Alexander, one of my favorite players because he's got a great first name, Admiral. That's right, the Admiral Schofield, 21 points against Kentucky in the SEC tournament semis. Tennessee, they got a two seed. They've been one of the great teams this year. Obviously, you know, they beat Gonzaga in a neutral side game. Uh, they're an interesting upperclassmen team I'm looking it out for and potentially can make a deep run here in this tournament. They definitely are. They're very interesting because they, they just fight. They they don't give up. They scrap. Yeah. Kentucky, and it was a couple of times where they were down double digits. Kentucky looked like they were getting ready to run away with the, thing, with, the, with, the, with the game, but at, Tennessee just would not quit. They, they had no quit in them. They continued to fight and hang, and, and it showed and showed that this, this team, Grant Williams is the real deal. He's like no said, big time. Like he's you said, a big like you said, player. he he really is the real deal. He's physical. He's aggressive. He's not scared of the moment. He he does what he he, he does it on both ends of the ball. He's he's a very special player, man. He's he really is. I, I, what I love about him is he plays through contact. We we see a lot of highlights with Zion Williamson. Zion doesn't play around you or go or like maneuvers. He blows through you. Grant Williams for an undersized guy, he's pretty stuff and pretty built and yep. low center gravity he's pretty the same as well yep he, he definitely is and in the post he's, he's a he's a tough matchup for 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 any guards or forwards because 
they just don't have the size for him. And he 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 can use his quickness in the post as well on big guys. So he's definitely a mismatch, uh, whichever way you slice it. Definitely there. And, of course, when we come back here, we'll talk about some other tournament stuff. Some of the brightest stars, of course. John Morant, Zion Williamson. We'll touch on all of that up next here on the Sebi Podcast Show. You're listening to the Sebi Podcast Show, streaming only here on WNSC Radio. Hello, my name is Ian Saunders with Saunders Property Group, powered by Home Expo Realty. I'm a sponsor, proud sponsor, and a big fan of the SEBI podcast show. Make sure you tune in. Just wanted to share uh, a few nuggets with you about the Central Florida real estate market. Uh, Population growth is about 7%, which is among the top in the country, especially here in Central Florida. And I got news for you. If you're a renter, average rent is about $1,600 a month. What if I told you you can purchase a home, a $200,000 home, and pay less than that? Well, we can show you how. Uh, Just want to be sure that you guys understand that at this point, interest rates have dropped to a 10-month low, so that means the money is cheap and you get more bang for your buck. So if you're looking to learn more, definitely touch bases with me. Definitely tune in to Sebi Podcast Show. And in fact, hashtag Sebi Podcast Show, and I'll help you get lender credits, pay off your closing costs. Hey, thanks for your time. Have a good one. Michael Gray, Sebi here on the Sebi Podcast Radio Show, streaming only here on WNSC Radio. Some of the brightest stars here in the tournament, Mike, of course. Uh, John Morant, um, they've got a really good chance against Marcus Howard. That's one of the most fantastic uh, matchups I want to see. That might be the best matchup at 430 on Thursday. Marcus Howard of Marquette versus John Morant of Murray State. That point guard duel, ho-ho, I don't think that, that gets better than that. It's probably one of the best bright star matchups to watch, right? Without without question, I, I'll, I'll be you know I'll be tuned in without question. No doubt, no doubt there. And, and Murray State uh, coming, of course, out of that conference out there. Uh, John Morant said that he promised. Well, it, it was a promise or a proclamation. He said that Murray State could get one uh, against a very reliable and a guarded team like Marquette, who relies a lot on Marcus Howard. Are those promises and those proclamations by Murray State's uh, superstar there uh, achievable there? Uh, it's definitely possible. If, if, if John Moran is at the top of his game, this team can go as far as they want to go. That That's how special this brother is. He His offensive skill set is amazing, but his ability to also get, his, get, get players involved has 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 improved as the season gone on, so I, and I love his athletic ability. He, this team is this Murray State team is special. Yeah, yeah, they are twelve seed, but, but this team is very special, and 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 they 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 going they will go as far as John Morant will take them, no doubt. Definitely, they're one of the brightest games, the brightest matchups to watch. There, of course, folks. Thursday at four thirty Eastern, there on one of the networks there: True TV, TBS, TNT, and CBS hosting all of the 68 bracket matchups there in this NCAA tournament on the road to Minneapolis and Final Four. And speaking of on the road to Minneapolis and Final Four, Coach K and his bright stars, Barrett, and of course, 
the generational talent that Zion Williamson is, is of course the cameras, the spotlight, the paparazzi will be on him. Duke, we didn't think that they'd be the number one overall seed coming into this tournament. They got into their bracket, a pretty good bracket, of course. Michigan State is there. That might be tough. They got Florida State, a team that they're very familiar with in the ACC. What's Duke's road back through all the regions to get into Minneapolis in the Final Four? Ooh, well, this this Duke team will they, they will they will they will have be, be tested in the first game and in, in the first in the first couple games, assuming they have to play uh play either either VCU or UCF. They will be they will be tested. Because they they will get every team's best best shot. The fact that they got the number one overall seed of the tournament just lets them know that that they will get every single team's best shot, and they have to come prepared every single game. No slip ups, no mishaps. They have they have to come out firing. But but we know we all know that you know the reason that they got that number one seed was because Zion Williamson came back and that this team showed the dominance that they have when he's in the lineup and just just how they're they're a totally different team on both sides of the ball especially defensively when he's there so the fact that he's back and, and the fact that he's back and balling the way that he is is the reason why they have the number one seed and their road their road their road is going to be challenging it's definitely going to be challenging they have some tough teams that possibly face like LSU Louisville possibly um, definitely a Michigan State. Uh, it's, 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 it's some tough teams, tough teams in, that, in, in, in their bracket, and I'm definitely intrigued to see. How, you know, you know, you know me. I'm a big. I've been talking about Michigan State for the longest time. I'm, I'm big. I'm big on Michigan State. I really want to see those those two teams, Michigan State and Duke, when it's all said and done, battling each other from out from out their region. So Duke definitely has a tough task, but the way they play defense, the way they scrap, the way they double team, the way the, the way that Zion just is is an, is like you said a generational talent. He's all over the court. Um, this team will always have a chance, and you know RJ RJ Bird and and my and my X factor to be honest for this Duke team is Cam Reddish. If Cam, yeah, absolutely. If Cam, he is the X factor. If Cam Reddish can knock down threes and hit timely shots like he like he's like he's been doing for 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 some part of the season, then this team can go can 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 get all the way to the championship game. That's how special this team is. When- and and here's another one. I'll give you two. One of them is Trey Jones. Oh, you know how question. great of a defender he is defensively. One of the best defensive uh, guards in the nation, of course. Yep. Um, not the best shooter, but if he can hit some shots and maybe Alex Okano off the bench, this Duke team, as an element, as a team, it, they they just bring a different element when those guys are hitting shots. Without question, and and it's two things to me that could that could possibly stop this team from going to the finals, go, go, going up, going all the way to the final four, and possibly compete for a championship. One of them was is, is you just brought it up. He's, Trey Jones is not that great of a three point shooter, but this entire Duke team is the worst three point shooting team in the country. Absolutely. That that can possibly hurt, hurt them in the tournament uh, if teams if teams uh, rally and pack the paint inside and force this team to shoot outside jumpers. That could possibly affect them. And the fact that they rely scoring wise on the, they get majority of their scoring from two players, R.J. Barrett and Zion. Right. If one of those guys have an off night. It could both for trouble for this team. Somebody else would have to step up, you know. So, so and, and 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 like you said, Trey Jones hasn't been that great of a shooter. He's a nice, he's a solid mid range mid range shooter, but three point shooting wise, he's he 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 has he hasn't been, he hasn't been good all season. And and teams are definitely leaving them open out there in the perimeter. So yeah, those are two teams that could hold them back. But if they continue to play how they play and and how they've been playing since Zion came back and when Zion was in the lineup, and Zion continues to be that freak of nature and that force that he's been all season. Then, then this team can be as dangerous as they can be, and it can offset those, those um, those weaknesses in this team. 
definitely have a lot. Duke has some flaws there, uh, shooting above the arc there. And when we talk about some of the more polarizing players, of course, uh, all of the freshmen, we've seen Kevin Durant polarizing in Texas. We've seen uh, Carmelo Anthony in 2003, although it was LeBron James draft. But, you know, Carmelo Anthony, as a freshman, lived up to the hype, carrying Syracuse through the Final Four and ultimately winning in 2003 for Jim Behines' squad. Obviously, we've seen the recent of a Trey Young. Um, some of these more polarizing freshmen, the Anthony Davis is other world, living to the hype, right. giving Kentucky their chip in 2012. Zion Williamson. I, I mean, if if the if those guys were polarizing, Zion has to be at another pedestal. Can he live up to the hype and deliver to become one of the all-time Duke greats? Yes, he can. I, I think he can because his attitude is allowing him to do so. When you hear this guy talk, all he wants—he loves the game of basketball, and he, he does. Wants be, he wants to be the best player he can every time he step on the court, and he, he has that killer mentality. You heard him at the post-game interview after the Florida State game. He, well, I think, uh, um, one of the reporters. Had, what do you think about well, what do you think about the tournament and, and and about the opponents you have to face coming up or something like that? And Zion came straight out and said, "Killers kill," and that killer mentality at a young age can definitely put him over the top and and can help put this team over the top. And I think for him to go down as one of the all-time Duke greats, he's already a great player. You know, he, he's, already, he's already one of the top players we've ever seen. We've I ever mean, seen. that's a tough list. You've got Grant. You, I mean, you got Grant Hill, Christian Leitner, back in right. the 90s hitting the shot of the shots, J.J. Reddick, Kyrie Irving. I mean, that's that's a, that's a tough man. Yeah, I, mean, his, I mean, none of those players are Zion Williamson. We can right. agree on that. Right. But for him for him to, to, to really take that next step, and separate himself from the pack and, and continue to be one of the all-time greats, it really depends on how far he goes in the tournament and how, how, how well he performs in the tournament and his impact on, the, on, on this team and on the, win, on, the wins, on the wins and losses in the tournament. So, we'll, so I'm, I'm definitely intrigued, as, far as I'm sure the rest of the college basketball sports world is intrigued to see how Zion does this tournament because all eyes will be on him every single game. Definitely there. Some other bright stars that we're looking at, uh, a team like Auburn, who didn't oh, do yes. well so well in a very loaded, very loaded um, SEC, you know, LSU with Nasri, one of their best players. Uh, they got escaped Florida with a great comeback win with some late game heroics, mm-hmm. um, of course. And and they just put a beat down on Tennessee in the SEC tournament final. Not sure if Tennessee was, you know, complacent, uh, you know, great with beating Kentucky two out of three times this year in the meetings, but Auburn, all of a sudden, Bruce Pearl's team rounding into form, and one of their brightest stars is point guard Bryce Brown. Yes, and you, you for Auburn, yes, well, he's he's also one of their top players, and one of their knockdown shooters who I enjoyed watching this weekend and, and last weekend as well. That's this brother Jared Hopper. This brother Jared Hopper can he knock, has been balling knock down shots. He hit that big three to separate themselves from from Florida uh, in, in the S, in the SEC tournament. And like he, he, his confidence is through the roof. I mean, he, he just he pull he pulls up, and and it's, it, he he shoot. Sebby, some some of the shots he was shooting from NBA range, and like like it was like it was nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he, he, you could tell his confidence is through the roof right now. Um, their coach is so fiery and energetic. You could tell the players feed off feed off of him because all game long he's letting them know like, oh, let's go. He's getting them hype, and he's a he, he's he's a fiery guy himself. 
So I, I love – you're right. I love this Auburn team and how they play. They defend. A very dangerous team. I they're, think they got a fifth seed, right? They're, yeah, they're definitely a very dangerous team. And, and I'm, I'm excited to see how they do in the tournament, especially Jared Harper. He's, he, he seems like one of those guys that could, he can put the ball in his hands at the end of the game when things get tight, and he can make things happen for you. Definitely. Two other bright stars to talk about. Of course, Gonzaga, their lottery pick. The big man, Rui Hachimura, just a mismatch nightmare. He could bully you inside. A great passer and also a knockdown shooter. Uh, and a lot of NBA scouts say that he's an athletic Jokic. Boy, that must be enticing for a lot of NBA franchises, right? Right. It definitely is, man. Hachimura is a, is a, is a baller. He's, he's, he's definitely going to be a lottery pick in this draft. And he has the he is he, he along with others has this Gonzaga team playing at an all-time high level. Uh, one of, one of the things that uh, about him is, is the, that that could possibly be his weakness in the tournament is a matchup against another big another big with his size. He right. his his um you saw you saw how, how that matchup was against St. Murray's when um when Jordan Hunter was when he was going against Jordan Hunter. He you know, yeah. a guy that was just as big as him a, a little bit bigger but but definitely has a, a longer wingspan. It could possibly give him some tough matchups. Now he doesn't have a lot of play. It's not a lot of players in college college basketball with 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 his uh, size and his skill set. But if he does run into somebody that does match up well with him, that could possibly give him some problems. But other than that, I love watching the kid play. I love watching Gonzaga play, and I expect them to go deep and far in this tournament. Absolutely, they're supposed to get one of their All American players in Killian Tittle back just in time for the tournament to make mm-hmm. a deep Final Four run for Mark Few's team. And of lastly here, one of the brightest stars, Texas Tech's guard, Jarrett Culliver. This brother's big time. You know, he could put the ball on the floor, put the ball on the deck, 90% 90, uh, from the line. Uh, he could shoot the rock from deep. He's an orchestrator. Uh, potential lottery pick as well, and, and scouts are saying in the top 10. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I, I've enjoyed watching Texas Tech all season long. You're right, Jarrett Culliver is a baller. He's a big time player. And this team is rolling when they when they on fire. They can knock down some. Shots. Oh yes, they can knock down some shots. And 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 like I and like I said, man, if they if they if they get on, they 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 could beat anybody in this tournament. Anybody. So yeah, you're right about this Texas Tech team. They they definitely a sleeper to watch out for. The Texas Tech in the latter parts of the West region. There, uh, Jared Culver, very instrumental for Texas Tech winning the regular season in the Big 12, dethroning Kansas for the first time in 14 years. And, of course, one of the things about the Brightest Stars is there's no bigger stage to show out how bright you are in March Madness. When we come back, we'll get into some some NBA news and one of the biggest pieces for one of the top teams in the East, maybe out from six to eight weeks. We'll touch on that when myself and Mike get back here in the Sebi Podcast Show, streaming. Only here on WNSC Radio. You've missed some of our recordings or some of our episodes? Have no fear. The SEBI Podcast experience is still here. You can check us out at our website at sebipodcast.info. Again, that is sebipodcast.info for any of our audio segments on Spotify and iTunes and some of our streaming visuals on our YouTube website and links there at sebipodcast.info. Some cool merch. If you want to DM us and send us all of your email requests, 
We'll be sure to get them here on the Sebi Podcast Experience. And remember, folks, whether you're listening on air or viewing online, Sebi Podcast is wherever you go. And that is the slogan. Sebi here, Michael Gray, product of the Virginia, of, of there, here in the hotline, the voice of the Sebi podcast radio show here, Malcolm Brogdon. This is for the Milwaukee Bucks, the Milwaukee Bucks, 52-18, and 18, top of the Eastern Conference here, led by, of course, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Chris Middleton, Mike Boonholzer, well in the conversation for Coach of the Year. The... Malcolm Brogdon, uh, uh, very instrumental. Take a listen of these stats here, Mike. The 50-40-90 class, the 50-40-90 list. That's a very exclusive list. Guys like Dirk Nowitzki won it twice. Steve Nash have done it twice. Steph Curry has done it twice. That means you're 50% from B, 40% from B. 50%, excuse me, 50% from the field goal, 40% from deep, and 90% plus from the line. Mm-hmm. Only exclusive guys in the past has done there. Guys like CJ McCollum as well, a couple years ago. Add Malcolm Brogdon to that list. So when you add a guy like that, you know, that you're missing for quite some time, what are the Bucks missing? The Bucks are missing somebody that can knock down timely shots, can play, can play solid defense on the perimeter. And one of their key players, he was a like you got to really this this guy was one rookie of the year for a reason. He, he he's a he's an excellent player for his for what he does for this team. He's he's a great he's a great basketball player, and and him miss, missing him is, is is major because their their second shooting guard is Dante Divincenzo, who's a rookie coming off his uh, championship winning at Villanova, and he's a good player, but he doesn't bring to you what Mal- what, what Malcolm Brogdon does, and. I don't know, Sebi. Do, do they expect him back for the playoffs? It, it, it's it's uh, projected. It, the reports say six to eight weeks. I mean, that is from uh, from the timetable man. right now. That's leading to half of the playoffs. The, like, yeah, game four, game five of the semis before the conference finals. Right, so they're gonna miss him. So yeah, they're definitely gonna miss him. And I, I think they can get past the first round with, with uh, um, without Malcolm Brogdon because Giannis is that has been that sensational this year, but. The second round without Michael Brogdon is going to be tough because he's one of those key players, like I said, that hits timely shots and can play defense on the perimeter. And whenever you have a player like that and you're missing that, that that can both that, that that's that's bad for your defense and it puts it puts even more pressure on Giannis to score the basketball. Um, it's, it's another player that that they they have the key on outside of him and him and Middleton. So missing him is a big piece. Definitely, there, Max Kellerman, a uh, very huge correspondent of. ESPN had something to say about Malcolm Brogdon and his thoughts early on of how great of a player he was and the doubts that he had has been washed away. Let's take a listen. Played a full season. He was he put up some counting numbers. I didn't really believe in him early on, but boy, he has proven himself to be an excellent player. And his absence is a big deal for the Bucks. I mean, you even saw Jimmy Butler get really hot in the fourth quarter. 
um, when when the, when the Sixers beat him. And I think a lot of that's not just that Butler has he's a very, very good player with his real will to win. But Brockton's not there. And also, like, where's the perimeter defense coming from? Not to mention the shooting. Uh, yeah, I think in a tight Eastern Conference, this brings me back to Toronto, Stephen A. But I want to say something quickly about that game. That was Max Kellerman there on his thoughts of Brogdon. Definitely putting aside his thoughts of how great of a player he was. And again, we get back to that 50-40-90 uh, uh, class. That's an elite class. You're missing a guy that can 50% from the field, 40% from deep, 90% on the line. In crucial games, a guy that you can put at the line to hit big-time uh, free throws. And defensively, the things that you get with Malcolm Brogdon. You know, the guy in the in the playoffs. You need a guy to guard the Kawhi Leonard's, the Kyrie Irvings, the Jimmy Butlers, the Tobias Harris's of the world. That would be the assignment of Malcolm Brogdon. You're not having them for the first couple half of the playoffs. And I, I think that's huge. A, a very loaded Eastern Conference like this, Mike. You can perhaps get back to the first round without Malcolm Brogdon. But in, in this top half of, of the Eastern Conference with Boston, Pacers, Philly, and Toronto you're going to need Malcolm Brogdon starting from the second round on. No doubt. No no question about it. And uh, to be honest with you, I, I think that they would have had a tough time even with Malcolm Brogdon in the second or third round, assuming they, assuming that they get there. Because of their their inability to, to, to get consistent shots, to, to get consistent scoring. Uh, Milwaukee, throughout the season, even though they have a, they've had a great season and they're, they're number one in the East, one of their Achilles has been they go in. They go through long droughts without scoring. Right. Their defense, their defense is very solid. Their defense has been has been hanging tough all season long, but it's been times where they go uh, uh, long stretches, half quarters, or long, long stretches without scoring, and that that can both that can both for disaster in the playoffs because because it's ha- it's more it's more half court game. Um, it, it's, it's not as fast paced as the regular season is. Things slow down, and you need you need half court scoring. And, that's one of their weaknesses on this team is, is getting consistent scoring outside of Giannis and Middleton. Definitely there. And you talk about a team where the Bucks, they're not as deep in depth. They're not as deep as Toronto or Boston, right. or perhaps uh, some of these other teams as well. So losing Malcolm Brogdon and having a relying on a rookie for a, a, a playoff team that's looking to make a deep run uh, come these tournament in the Eastern Conference, that's going to be a heavy load for a rookie there. Dante DiVincenzo, he's made up for it. He's played in big games, but the NBA playoffs is significantly bigger than the March Madness there. It, it, it's it's huge. It's huge. You're going to have to get more scoring from Bledsoe, who's had a career year. Yeah. That's why you got that big contract. You're going to have to get more scoring from Middleton. And for a team that relies a lot on Giannis, kind of like what you say when they go on scoring jobs, they're really going to miss Malcolm Brogdon's uh, production there. Without question. And another guy, that, another guy that we have to step up, which he has this year, he's had, had a pretty good season, is Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez has been knocking down big three points. He leads all centers in three-point makes. Oh, my goodness. I mean, he, he makes it effortlessly. He can shoot from deep three, uh, close range three. I mean, he, he, it's effortless to him. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, he's he's been a consistent shooter throughout his career, but I don't remember him putting up numbers like he has been the last few years. His three point his three point shooting has been incredible, and it's been consistent. And they they're going to need more of that in the playoffs to continue on and continue moving. 
definitely there. And two other guys to keep an eye on. The new addition, Miritich. He's going to get more minutes now because Brogdon's injury. Yep. Definitely going to have to give him a spark offensively. But defensively, he's going to have to start sliding his feet and stop being a liability. We know what he could do, knock down uh, sh- uh, shots in the offensively, a marksman from the three-point line. But defensively, he's going to have to start not being a liability. And also Tony Snell. Tony Snell, a very highly, highly, that's right, highly picked. A player coming out of college out there in New Mexico State for the Lobos, and uh, he's got great length at six seven. Another guy that can contribute to shoot shots, use their length defensively, and and, and give some spark for Mike Budenholzer's squad. Yeah, I've, I've always liked Tony Snell because he just plays the game the right way. He gives you everything you need. He does all the little things. He plays great defense. He'll knock down some threes for you. Time some timely shots as well. And he, he's he's all around great player, and he just he gives he's a hustle player as well. He gives you what the game needs. I, I, I like Tony Snell a lot. Definitely a team to watch for for the Milwaukee Bucks, and of course, guys, that's all the time that we have here for myself and Michael Gray, and for the entire cast of the Sevy Podcast Show. We want to say so long from now here inside Studio C in WNSC Radio. And this is the Seven Podcast. <laughs>